This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to On The Bench. I'm Chris Nee. I'm going to host this one because I took this past weekend off, so that's the only thing I'm worthwhile to do here. Uh, we're going to talk recruiting here today, and it was a busy weekend on the recruiting front, two front actually. Battle Miami 7 versus 7 down South Florida. Zach was there on site covering it. a lot of FSU recruits, targets, and just a lot of national guys there. We're also going to talk with Dane. Dane Draper along with Clay Fink were in Tallahassee covering the junior day, the second of three consecutive junior days for Florida State on Saturday. Uh, this one, again, kind of was built around another basketball game. In this case, FSU's lost to North Carolina, a very competitive game against one of the top three teams in the country. And a lot of kids came in, a couple dozen were, including about a half dozen that we're going to really focus on. So we're going to start with Battle Miami 7 versus 7. You've seen some content from Zach, Tramel Jones, related stuff, FSU quarterback commitment, also a whole recruiting scoop piece where he went in on multiple targets there. There's also been a great deal of national coverage from Andrew Ivan, Steve Wilfong, so on and so forth. Brian Dones, another national guy that's written off of it. Numerous FSU targets there. So, Zach, I want to start off. Who was the best player you saw there? And it can be an FSU target or it cannot be an FSU target. If it's not an FSU target, who was the best FSU target or commitment you saw there? Yeah, I'll keep it within the realm of, of Florida State for this one. Honestly, it was Vernell Brown, um, the Orlando Jones wide receiver. And, you know, he didn't. He maybe didn't catch the you know most touchdown passes of any wide out there, um, and he was you know sharing a receiving core with you know a, a couple five star players. But he was also playing defensive back and had an interception on both days of the event, and that continues the trend of him actually being a really good defensive back. I saw him work out at the South Florida Express tryouts. That's one of the top seven on seven teams in the country, and and definitely one of the top in South Florida. And he was awesome as a DB in that event. Florida State's recruiting him as a slot receiver, and they absolutely love him, and I can see why. He's a really good player. 
really high academic kid, 4.9 GPA, has a Stanford offer and is legitimately considering the Cardinals. Yeah, I was super high on him. I know, I think Andrew Ivins wrote about him and his top 10 performers from the event. I was super impressed with Vernell Brown. I know he's kind of moving up Florida State's uh, receiver board, especially after he was on campus last weekend. Yeah, I was going to mention, he was a young man that was at FSU's first of three junior days. We wrote about him after that event. Uh, he's very familiar with the college game. His dad worked at UF for a long time. I think he currently is not working at UF, but he has a lot of ties to that area. Yeah. So he's one of those kids that kind of gets what's coming at the next level. Does he remind you of, in some form and fashion, on the football field, a little Wayne McCoy in the sense of the two-sided versatility, the ability to be a standout defensive back as well as a wide receiver? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they, their frames are definitely different. Lewayne's a longer kid, um, but yeah, the they they are similar in the fact that they can excel in at both receiver and defensive back. Um, you know, Florida State's recruited a lot of those guys over the past two cycles. Um, I think that kind of goes to, you know, you know, at defensive back, I think Pat Sertan likes those. You know, like Dane's written about, likes those guys that have played receiver. Um, and then transition to DB um, as, you know, they tend to have better ball skills and vice versa, right? Like if you're a receiver um, who also plays defensive back, you're going to have a good idea of how to run routes and, and take advantage of a defense. So, yeah, I mean, it, they are similar in that way for sure. And he was playing with South Florida Express, correct? Yep. So quarterback throwing the ball to him was FSU commitment Tramel Jones on much of the weekend. What did you think of Tramel's performance? Uh, he's obviously also on the team with Jamie French, so there's that Mandarin connection with those two. Just what stood out about what Tramel did, and if you want to also talk a bit about Jamie, I know he had a strong weekend down there as well. Yeah, so Tramel, I was you know keeping a close eye on him, obviously with with him being committed to Florida State. Watched several of South Florida Express's games. They didn't win the tournament. Um, I think they lost to Cam Newton's team, which ended up winning it uh, on that second day. But Tremel, especially in that first day, I watched multiple games of theirs, and he was dealing. I mean, he was he was on um, the entire South Florida Express sideline was was buzzing about Tremel Jones, and yeah, I mean, you talk to anyone over there, and you know, not even you know, you could talk to any of those guys, and and you know, not all those guys are Florida State fans, and you know, they were they were hyped about Tremel and, and thinking that he's the real deal. So, um, you know, I came in with with pretty high expectations for Tremel. But he honestly uh, exceeded those expectations for me. Um, he showcased some, you know, obviously we, we know Tremel Jones has a, has a strong arm, but um, he was doing some some cool stuff with different arm angles throughout the, the two days. And, and I, I posted a few clips. I posted a full highlight video on Nolz247.com of some of the clips I gathered from the weekend. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he had a really talented receiving core as well. Like you said, Jamie French, who I'll talk about in a second but also four-star Marcus Harris, who's a guy from modern day out in California, four-star Javon Boggs, who's uh, at Cocoa High School, committed to Ohio State, and then Vernell Brown, like we spoke about. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tramel was Tramel was impressive, but that was a really good event for him. Um, I, I, you know, I wrote about in the article, like, I'd like to see him push the ball downfield a little bit more, obviously with the caveat being that in the, in a seven-on-seven -seven setting, you're not utilizing the entire field. So um, you know, some of that, some of that's limited uh, by what you can do in that sort of setting. But I know that, you know, he's going to be working on that this offseason, along with, um, you know, he is the ability to throw on the run, like exceptionally well, I'd like to see him in his high school game, 
use his legs more as a scrambler to create plays in, in that sense. Because if you watch the film, he doesn't do a whole lot of that. And the last time we spoke to Tremel um, with the X's and O's guys, he mentioned that he wants to add that part to his game. Um, he's really got gotten the passing stuff down, clean release, quick release. It's, uh, you know, that's, there's no worries there. Uh, but if he can add that element to his game, he's going to be a really good college football player. You've had the ability to see Tramel games, camp, so on and so forth, now seven on. You've seen him kind of progress over, I guess, about the last 12 months now is where the relationship's been going. What's your general thoughts on how he has progressed over that time? Yeah, I mean, we speaking to some college coaches that were on the sideline of his spring jamboree, Dane and, and Brendan were there with me. We, uh, I mean, they had just, we're talking about how, you know, impressive his growth has been. Um, and specifically, you know, just as a passer, I think he's gotten a lot more comfortable. Um, you know, if you watch that game, I think he threw two touchdown passes to Jamie French. Uh, Mandarin was playing uh, Bishop Kenny, I believe, over in Jacksonville, over in your neck of the woods, Chris. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, you know, the stats have improved. Um, the production year over year has improved for him. Um, and And I think, you know, if you look at that combined with some of the stuff that he puts on tape, um, it's clear he's getting better as a passer. But like I said, there are areas of improvement for him. And I think he's going to be hard at work this offseason trying to uh, to clean that stuff up and, and get ready for a, a big senior year at Mandarin. So paint the picture for real, people real quick about Battle Miami, how big of a tournament it is, how national of a tournament it is. Yeah, I mean, it's the reason Miami had 70 kids at their junior day at their high-level kids no, well, no. because they were all down there. But yeah. kind of <laughs> just, you know, depict for people that don't know that, maybe don't know the seven-on-seven landscape, exactly what Battle Miami is. Yeah, so it's teams from all over the country. Um, and it's funny because, like, you'll have a California team, but because they're playing in the South, they'll, you know, fly in kids from South Carolina and Alabama and Mississippi. The um, land so, of ringers. Yeah, so it's like California power has – you know, a defensive backfield of no California kids. Like, that's interesting. Um, but, yeah, so South Florida Ex Express has out-of-state kids come in, like I said. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, it's the largest collection of talent probably in the entire offseason in, in one, you know, central location. It's awesome for people in our industry because, you know, instead of having to go see all these guys at their specific schools all across the country, you get to watch them compete against each other um, for two straight days all day. Um, so, you know, for talent evaluators, it's perfect. You know, for what you can take away from a seven on seven setting, you're going to get all that um, in this type of event. And then for, you know, someone like, you know, me or, or us, like, you know, we love it because we can knock out a bunch of interviews with prospects um, that are on the sidelines for these games and, and kind of get a bunch of, you know, content for you guys um, through these events. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a big-time, big-time um, event. Tons of people there. And, uh, I mean, Cam Newton runs his own team. Jalen Ramsey was there. I got a photo with him. That was really cool. Um, I believe Kevin Concepcion, the uh, NC State wide receiver, was there watching his little brother. So, yeah, a lot of big-time, uh, you know, just people there in general. So, yeah, it was it was a cool cool deal. And they infused big man into this one, correct? They had some was, big man competition. Yeah, so. I, I think it was separate, but there were uh, teams that came down with seven on teams uh, as well as this big man camp. I drove to um, it afterwards and I kind of caught the tail end of it, but I got a few interviews that I'll be posting on the site with guys like Myron Charles and Javion Hilson 
Um, but yeah, there was a, a big man camp happening that same day. Yeah, I think Wilt Fong had an update from Josh Petty, number two offensive tackle in the country. It was one kid that was down there. He mentioned potential of an FSU official visit down the road. You had a bunch of FSU-specific updates. I'm sure you actually haven't even wrote all of them out to this point. For sure. But uh, who do you really want to hit on? Who were some of the guys that maybe your ears perked up when you were talking to them with regards to what they mentioned regarding FSU, whether positive or negative? Yeah, so let's start with Jamie French. Um, he's a guy that we've talked about on here a bunch because he was on campus last weekend, and that was right after he decommitted from Alabama following Nick Saban's retirement from the sport and yeah so jamie french's recruitment's back open fsu gets that first visit he visited miami this weekend and then it seems like ohio state's that third team in the mix so that's kind of his working top three right now i'm sure you know there's gonna be a lot of mixing and matching between those three schools over the next however many months and i wouldn't be surprised to see other schools get in the mix i've heard that alabama's you know new staff is trying to make a push for him wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, at least get a shot to get him on campus at some point this spring. He talks up Florida State a lot, right? Like his his quarterback, his high school quarterback's committed there. Um, he has a really strong relationship with Ron Dugans, the receivers coach, and head coach Mike Norvell. You know, same old, same old, right? Like all the all the all the good stuff when you hear, you know, someone's highly interested in Florida State. This is going to be a recruitment that extends all the way to signing day. So, you know, I'm not. I'm not putting any predictions in anytime soon, but I do think FSU sits in a really good spot for Jamie French. But like I said, there is a long way to go. Just got to keep getting him back on campus. I know they're going to try to get him back for a spring practice most likely. And then if he decides to take his OVs in the summer, wouldn't be surprised if, if Florida State, you know, he, he said that FSU is a lock to get an OV. So whenever that happens, it's very likely that, that Florida State is – one of those schools, he said, Ohio State and FSU are the two locks to get officials from him right now. So, yeah. Um, you, on that note, uh, another wide receiver prospect that mentioned FSU and Ohio State as his top two was Lovejoy, Texas native, four-star receiver, Dalen McCutcheon. He's a guy that FSU likes a lot. Um, one of their top out-of-state receiver targets in this class. And, yeah, it seems like a trend. Um, you know, if there's a good receiver that FSU's in on, Ohio State's likely uh, likely the top competition, which makes sense um, from what we've seen of, and from the Buckeyes. Yeah. McCutcheon was last here in the summer, correct? He was, was here. He spring guy last year? Well, he he went to the um, the the FSU LSU game, so I guess not okay. in Tallahassee, but he was in at that game. Um, I'm not sure if he was. I, I mix but, him and Cornell Farrakhan up sometimes with regards yeah. to just when they visit there, because they're both yeah. similar state kids and yeah. kids at FSU values. Yeah, he was there too. Um, oh, McCutcheon was also at the Miami game, the oh, FSU Miami game. So, um, yeah, he went to both. Um, but, yeah, so he's a big-time target for Florida State. They like him a lot. He was one of the uh, their favorite guys that camped for them last summer. Um, like you mentioned, Chris, when he when he did participate in that camp, he was awesome. Coaches came away super impressed, and he kind of emerged as a top target. He says he'll return to Florida State on March 9th. I think that's going to be legacy weekend um, for FSU, something they've done over the past few years, getting former players to be on campus at the same time as a big recruiting weekend, and it kind of you know turns into this big event, their big uh, spring event before the spring game. So, um, yeah. 
So he he plans to get back at that point, has a really strong relationship with Ron Dugans, Chris Thompson. They came to see him at a school, I believe, uh, within the last week or two, and they're making him a huge priority. Also, he has family in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So like most of his family, um, he grew up and was raised and grew up in Texas, but is super comfortable leaving the state. Like I mentioned, I asked him like first question, like, you know, who's involved with you? Like what schools are kind of emerging as the top um, programs in your recruitment? He didn't mention a single Texas school. So it seems like he's pretty dead set on leaving the state. And it seems like, you know, the state of Florida is a, a spot that he would feel pretty comfortable um, heading, especially considering a lot of his family would be able to see him play um, as, you know, FSU is more accessible to get to than, uh, you know, somewhere in Texas. So um, definitely think that that plays a factor in this recruitment because he did talk about that willingly and, and that, you know, that'll be interesting to, to kind of monitor with his recruitment as it unfolds. So I feel like we talked a whole lot of offensive guys with regards to Battle Miami. Give me a defensive guy that you loved, can be an FSU guy. If it's not, let's also talk about an FSU guy on that side of the ball that maybe made an impression, or at least there's a recruiting update on from the event. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about one guy that, that I know Dane and I really like is Greg Xavier Thomas out of uh, American Heritage High School in South Florida. He was also playing for SFE, South Florida Express, playing cornerback for them. I know at 247, we lift, uh, list him as a safety, I believe. And I think he uh, he's probably on FSU safety board, but he's got a lot of position versatility there. Um, I think he's told Dane that that FSU is recruiting him to play, you know, multiple positions. Um, and he really shined at corner. He had a super athletic uh, interception the second day that I was there. It, is that you know, the one that Ivan's? Did you get video of it? I think Ivan's got I a think, clip of it. Yeah, I think Ivan's did. I, I posted one where he almost he caught almost caught a tip pass for an. For an INT. Um, but he's, I mean, Dane was right. Like he's really filled out. Um, he's like six foot two, probably pushing 200 pounds now and moves exceptionally, exceptionally well for that size. I still think Florida State's in a really, really good spot for Greg Thomas. Um, you know, I, you know, I answered a crystal ball last week, still feel good about that. You know, I, I haven't heard anything about him making a decision imminently, but um, I do think whenever he makes that decision um it, it's it'd be fsu uh i know i think he's planning to visit lsu this coming weekend so they seem like a, a big factor and he was also one of the you know 100 000 kids that visited miami over the weekend um yeah and those yeah. are the three schools he mentioned wolf bong this past yeah. weekend during the event as well yeah so yeah he was impressive another another two guys i want to mention um raw miami was another uh big time team there Safety Hilton Stubbs out of Mandarin High School, same as you know Tremel Jones and Jamie French. He's a four-star prospect and a guy that I really like. I've watched him multiple times, um, and he, he, when I watched him in their state semifinal game, he took over the game. I think he had two picks, a fumble recovery for a touchdown, and a bunch of tackles. Like he's just super impressive. Um, I really, really, really high on him as a prospect, and his brother is Harold Stubbs, who's a walk-on defensive back at Florida State. So FSU's in the picture for him. I personally think that Florida is kind of setting the pace there. Um, and Miami is also heavily in the mix. Penn State and USC are two out-of-state schools that are doing a good job. You know, FSU needs to get him back on campus soon. Um, you know, they'll likely do that at some point, you know, over the next couple months, right, in the spring. They'll try to get all their top targets on campus. Yeah. 
Doan, I believe, had an update with him. He said the intention is to get back in March, April. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's a guy that I really like and a guy that I, that I think FSU um, should should keep heavily pursuing. Guy I forgot to mention on offense that is a huge FSU target is four-star wide receiver Dallas Wilson. He also is playing for Raw Miami. He's out of Tampa Bay Tech High School, committed to Oregon right now. But he talks to Mike Norvell and Ron Dugans a lot. And they're, you know, both trying to convince them to stay in the state. So is Miami and, you know, a number of other programs that are that are in the mix. They're, they're you know, they're pushing to flip him. FSU likes him a lot. Like they're they're very high on him. I think he's one of their top in-state receiver targets. Him and him and Vernell Brown have kind of emerged, um, you know, as the New Year's kind of come into fruition. I, I, I think he's a, a big time priority for Florida State. Um, he's the number five ranked receiver in the country, number 32 overall, according to the 24-7 sports composite. Really awesome player. Um, six foot three, 180 pounds, moves exceptionally well for that size and and a guy that, that impressed me a lot during the course of the tournament. Byer Sedone brought to you by the Turner Group. Uh, was there anybody that you watching man FSU needs to offer this kid on either side of the ball during the event? Um, let me think. Yeah, because the guys I the guys I wrote about were mostly guys that had offers. Um mm-hmm. let me look because this oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. Um, this guy, this kid, Derek Meadows, out of uh, Bishop Gorman, you know, probably a long Vegas kid, him, yeah. right? Yeah, he's a Vegas kid. He's a six foot five, one hundred and eighty pound tight end. I guess we list him as the receiver on twenty four seven, but I think he's going to be a tight end at the next level. He's like he was one of the best players at that tournament. Um, you know, if if you you know if I had answered that question earlier um, and, and left out you know the FSU involvement. He probably would have been the answer. The first day, I mean, he was just making acrobatic catch after acrobatic catch. Super impressive. I think Notre Dame's probably uh, the team that's in the best spot to land him. I don't. He doesn't report a Florida State offer. He's a top uh, 115 player in the country, and I and I do think he'd be uh, worth extending an offer to after watching him in person. How is Little Concepcion, Kevin's little brother? I forget his first um, name, but I, yeah. I saw there was I a good bit there about him day one. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's got like a similar build to him, um, kind of on the shorter side. Like if you know Kevin Concepcion, if you don't know who that is, that's you know one of the best most ACC electric rookie players here on the offensive side of ball. Yeah, he's one of the most electric players in the ACC. As I think he single handedly won them some games um, by just you know how they used him as a gadget player out of the backfield some. Um, He's an awesome player. I know some schools were trying to tamper for him, and and NC State, <laughs> NC State kept, uh, held on, so that was big for them. But his little brother was there. I don't think he's a, like a super big time recruit yet, but uh, but similar build, smaller, you know, exceptionally fast, a, a really good player, especially in a seven on seven setting like that, right? Like where those kind of guys shine. Um, yeah, uh, you know, fun to watch, I should say. Anything else about Battle Miami you want to drop, or you feel good? Um, Please choose. Few other, yeah, a few other guys. Uh, Anquan Fegans, he's a guy that uh, has had two older brothers go through of the, the amazing Fegans. Yes, um, he's he's had two other older brothers. His eldest brother uh, is Antoine Fegans, and then yeah, there's Traquan. a Traquan, correct? Yeah, Traquan's the middle brother. Antoine was a three star recruit in the class of 2020, and he was recruited by Mike Norvell at Memphis. So 
when he was being recruited by Mike Norvell at Memphis, Norvell had a relationship with the entire family, including um, Anquan, the youngest brother, um, who's now a 2025 recruit, and he's the number three safety overall in the country out of Thompson in Alabama. Always tough to pull kids out, out of Alabama, and we're going to, you know, consider, you know, Auburn's, you know, heavily after him. I'm sure Alabama's new staff is going to try to try to land him as well. Um, but he he mentioned Florida State. You know, I, I try to ask generic questions and not present myself as a Florida State reporter unless, you know, obviously some of these kids know me. But, um, you know, I only talked to Anquan once. So I, you know, I just mentioned, like, hey, who are your top schools right now? And he listed off, you know, Florida State, Georgia, Auburn, a few other schools. Um, so, you know, FSU's in that top group for him. I wouldn't be surprised if they got him back on campus this spring. He was at the Miami game as well, said he loved that visit. Still, you know, talked about it when I when I spoke with him over the weekend. And he's a really good player. At, you know, he's also for uh, Raw Miami. That was a stacked team. Um, he's teammates with Jared Smith, defensive end, who FSU absolutely loves, one of the top 10 players in the country on 24-7, top 30 yeah. in the composite. So that is a school that FSU is going to keep, you know, wiping their feet at the front door and going inside of. Yeah, for sure. Um, let me look, make sure there's no one else that we're, you know, blatantly missing. Um, yeah, uh, FSU's defensive back commit in 2026, Daryl Bell was there. He's a South safety. Um, he was playing like nickel kind of okay. nickel slash linebacker. Um, I, you know, he just kind of fit the, the mold the best, I guess, out of the guys they had in that, um, defensive backfield. Um, but yeah, he was, uh, you know, I like. Yeah, I like him a lot. I, I heard some people, you know, I talked to Larry Bluestein, who's kind of a legend in South Florida. I've been doing it for 50 years. Um, I know Chris goes on his show a lot. Uh, Love Larry, Blue. Yeah, Larry's an awesome guy. Um, and, you know, he was he was talking up Daryl. Um, you know, I didn't even bring his name up. And he was mentioning him as kind of the next guy up in South Florida, next big time guy. So um, always good to have the Larry Bluestein stamp of approval. Uh, Daryl Bell is a guy that, that Florida State evaluated early. Um, and, and got a commitment from early as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, tons of other, con you know, content from the from the events going to be posted on Nolan 7 over the next week or so as we kind of, you know, transition into the uh, February dead period following this weekend. Going to have a lot of uh, individual interviews to write with some of these guys and, and, you know, definitely check the site to get caught up with all that. So Dane's been slamming shots of Chattanooga whiskey during this 24-minute segment. So hopefully he's not too sloshed as we get into this. Hopefully he stays sharp. I'm going to get him right in here because he's been chomping at the bit for 25 minutes. Dane, we're going to talk junior day. Florida State had about two dozen kids in. I want you to start by talking about the DBs that were here. Uh, you, you couldn't stop gushing on the text thread with us about it. So go ahead. Talk about uh, Lagonzo, who I think is just I, – I want him simply for the name personally – and then also Caden Gordon was another kid that was in. So go ahead, Dane. Take it in and run with it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, I thought uh, you mentioned Laganza Hayward and Caden Gordon. I think both of those guys are probably kind of like the most, like I consider this weekend a productive weekend, a productive junior day, not because it was so, um, like it wasn't packed full of just a ton of top names necessarily. There's definitely some guys you know, really highly rated guys that were good to get on campus for sure. But these are two names that, um, that, you know, are visiting FSU for the first time. And uh, FSU, I think, you know, FSU, or they improved their standing with FSU by showing up to campus and kind of letting the staff see them and uh, improving their relationships in person. But Laganza Hayward, I think that's the biggest story overall of the whole, of the whole junior day. He is a guy who, who said, um, who said FSU has only even come in communication with him. Uh, I think it was last Tuesday um, was the first time they reached out. And that was Pat Sertan coming by to see him in person. And Sertan loved what he saw when he saw him in person. And, um, and then, why did he, why did he love what he saw? What is it about Lagonzo that stands out? He, I think Lagonzo is the best looking, just like, you know, just physical appearance. He's the best looking defensive back, high school defensive back I've ever seen come on campus, I think. Holy um, hyperbole. I think he is. I'm pretty sure. He looks pretty similar to Kamari Wilson, I think, when he showed up to campus in 2022. If only could he live up to Kamari Wilson's. Uh... <laughs> he had five he, stars he, by his name, and a big part of that was how he looked. So, For those unfamiliar, he's from Tombs County, which is in Georgia. It's up towards that area that FSU got Jaden Todd and kind of loves mm-hmm. sort of what we call middle Georgia. Um, I'm sure somebody will disagree with that uh, version of calling it middle Georgia, but that's what I think FSU does from recruiting territory. Uh, go ahead. Continue. Dan. Yeah. Yeah. He mentioned he, it was only about like a three hour drive, which he seemed to, I mean, he, he seemed to say like that would play an impact, you know, in his decision ultimately, like it was a big plus that FSU is only three hours away and he did call FSU his dream school and, you know, really spoke up uh, the program and how excited he was to be on campus. He seemed like a really humble guy when I talked to him Um just really kind of excited for the opportunity. And he was also really excited to meet Pat Sertan um, or see him again on campus and stuff. And he said he was kind of like starstruck when he, when he met him because he knows of him as a player and as, I mean, in his words, he was like, you know, that's, that's Pat's, that's Patrick Sertan right there. That's, that's the Patrick Sertan. So um, he's a guy who definitely respects the staff and really enjoyed the visit, but he looks great. Uh, I think 
before he got on campus, I mentioned on the board that I thought he, you know, really looks exceptional and he's a great find. And I think after the staff seeing him in person, really kind of like, I feel like he's probably shooting up their board and he's a guy with a, a lot of reciprocated interest as well. And Caden, go, go ahead, Zach. I was going to say Byer Sinone, sponsored by the Turner Group. Dane, were you more star or by Byer Sinone, were you more starstruck <laughs> seeing Laganza than he was meeting Pastor Tan? I think I said some explicitives when I saw him walk up and I realized it was who that was. I thought it was a linebacker. I thought it was a blue chip linebacker that I didn't know was coming in. And I was like, oh my God, who is that? Who's that? Like, you know, top 100 linebacker coming in. And then I was like, oh, wait, that is literally Laganza Hayward. That's a, that's a buck safety in this defense. And he's ready to play right now. He looks, he's probably about 6'2, 210. He looks like that. And he's absolutely lean. He looks great. Yeah. Awesome. All right, anyway. Dan, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep the Dane train going here. Caden Gordon, you were also pretty excited about him, from what we understand. FSU FSU is pretty excited about him. He's listed by some as a receiver, from what I understand. I think FSU likes him on the defensive side of the ball. Go ahead. Definitely, yeah. I think FSU likes him as a as a cornerback. Um, he's weighed in six one, one seventy. So, kind of. Um, I mean, when I spoke to him. He said FSU, he was offered, I think, January 12th. So another like recent guy that FSU really is only got eyes on very recently. But he said FSU likes his speed and physicality and length. And those are kind of all trademarks of, you know, what FSU looks for in defensive backs. But he, he has those qualities for sure. He's a guy who has been generally under-recruited, I think, to this point. There's just not a ton of attention on him. I think Indiana and maybe Rutgers or another school kind of of that tier, maybe UCF programs like that, I guess, um, are the schools really standing out most of them right now. And then FSU is kind of coming to the mix. He also mentioned that he wants to make a decision like within a few months, basically. So there's, I guess, some chance that FSU kind of turns up the heat and he becomes like a legitimate target for FSU, but he's, he's an interesting name. Yeah. I've heard, go ahead. Zach. I was, was going to say, I've heard some like, uh, you know, coaching, people that have rolled through uh, what Santa Lucia is that where he goes? Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they've rolled through there and been super impressed with him in person, um, you know, from other colleges. So I think he's a guy that's kind of going to move, continue to trend up in the recruiting world. Did both of those young men come with parents? Yes, I think. Yes, they did. Yes. Both parents, I think. Or two. So I'm I'm a firm believer with junior days or just in general first visits for prospects. Anytime you can get them to come with parents the first time, it's excellent. If they come back again and it's with parents, it's even better because more often the parents come, the more often the relationships across the board are kind of formed. It's just one of those things I always try to kind of take note of during a junior day is who's showing up with coach versus who's just showing up versus who's showing up with parents. And like for example, Vernell Brown last week I think came with what half a dozen people six seven people i know the picture of him with coach norvell was very very populated with folks so that's an example of probably pretty good that he has that many people coming it usually expresses some further level of legit interest beyond you know i'm just coming to take a photo shoot all right so to keep train rolling on junior day we'll go with the headliners five stars in front of our names we'll start with elias williams tight end number one in the country on the rankings at the position We'll see if further rankings get unverified measurements and don't like them as much. You know, who knows? Um, 
Sorry, had to do it. Had to get out of my desk. Georgia commitment. FSU's loved him for a long time. I think I at one point uttered that I think Elias Williams was the best tight end regardless of class maybe last year when we were dealing with Landon Thomas. I still kind of feel that way. Uh, he's just he's long, he's lanky, he's athletic, excellent basketball player. He's a willingly physical guy, which I always want at the tight end spot because you're going to be asked to do a lot of different tasks. Elias keeps showing up to FSU. I don't know how much you guys really got to interact with him this weekend, Dane. I'll hand it off to you here in a second. I know he arrived right before the basketball game. And did he head over to basketball at that point? Because he is a basketball fan as well. Yeah, he did. He went straight over to basketball. He kind of hung around with, uh, I think, general manager Derek Ray and Chris Thompson and and some assistants. And then they went off to basketball and then came back. And uh, he's probably he was probably on campus, including the basketball game, for probably about four hours. So about half and half, half of it was hoops, half of it was truly being with the coaching staff. Probably, um, yeah. What what did he share on departure? Obviously, he's committed to Georgia. We don't think he's on the verge of flipping, but FSC is trying to continue to chip away there and keep the relationship strong. So what did Elias share as he departed? He didn't share a whole lot. He's definitely keeping it close to the vest. Um, but he, he did note, you know, something of note is that FSU and Georgia kind of are both a lock to get an official visit. I think he straight up said that FSU would be getting an official visit. So that is, you know, something material and, and concrete that you can point to as a, as a big positive for sure. But also, I mean, I think we all believe that FSU is probably the best seated team to, you know, flip him if he does ultimately not end up at Georgia basically. And, and that's, you know, getting him back on campus this time and in the future is only going to help that. Mike Norvell has invested a lot of time there. John Papuchas helps to recruit that area. Chris Thompson's extremely involved with him, too. He has a relationship with all three. So I think FSC's got some lasting power, but we'll see how much it lasts for the long term. The other five-star currently committed to FSU, but was coming off a weekend visit to Florida before stepping back on campus at FSU. Five-star offensive lineman Solomon Thomas. He's a young man that FSU originally offered off a camp visit a couple summers ago. They were very early in that recruitment with him. He's developed really well. He's a smart, sharp kid, uh, very professional. I think it's the best way I can describe Solomon. I like him a great deal because I think he's just mature beyond his age. What did you learn from Solomon in talking to him in his exit interview, and does he still kind of hate recruiting? <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't think he's a big fan of the recruiting process, and I think that's going to benefit FSU um, as we learned from his interview because he, he basically said he doesn't really plan to. He doesn't have any visits planned right now outside of his uh, official visit eventually to FSU, which is definitely a good sign, especially considering he just was at Florida last weekend on, on campus there. So that's a big thing. But I mean, you mentioned how mature he is, and I think that's something that's extremely obvious. Like when you speak to him, he's very articulate and thoughtful. He's really insightful. It's kind of... um. The mindset that he, you know, has and, and speaks about, like, I feel like you might as well be talking to Alex Atkins when you talk to him, like he's a younger version of him somehow or something. Um, but clearly they have a really great relationship between them. And uh, and I think he's I mean, Solomon Thomas, I think, is just kind of a perfect fit for for, uh, you know, an Alex Atkins offensive line. But he's a guy who looks incredible as well. I think people have worried in the past about his his height, but he is built like a fridge. He's got like the biggest like bone structure I've ever seen anyone have. I think his forearms are the size or like exactly the the circumference of his biceps. Basically, he's just massive, and um, he's got extremely long arms too. So that's really more important than height when it comes to you know when people talk about length. That's more what that's about than height. 
Yeah, I don't know why. It might be because I met Isaiah Wynn when he was about the same age as when I met Solomon the first time. He reminds me of Isaiah Wynn a little bit. I think he's truthfully going to be a little bit taller than Isaiah was, but Isaiah probably had longer arms, which is why Isaiah got away with playing the positions he played. Um, all right, so we're going to do a little lightning round. We'll go a little position by position. Quarterback, only guy in was Brody McHorter, correct? 2026 at their... They're keeping tabs on there. I think with Brody, I've got a fairly decent relationship with the young man and dealing with him here now for about two years. I think he's one of those they like. They've offered him. But I think it's one of those they want to keep seeing him throw, keep having him in, keep watching him on Friday nights, and just see where it goes. I think it's one where they're kind of in on the ground level, and they want to see if he develops into potentially a really, really good one. I would bargain there is at least a few on the board ahead of him in 26. We know someone like Jared Curtis, for example, is ahead of him on the board. Anything to add there, Dane? Uh, no, I mean, he's a guy you kind of just keep seeing show up to these, you know, invite junior days and stuff. So he's clearly a guy they have they have plenty of interest in. He holds an offer. So, yeah, definitely a guy to, to keep an eye on as we get to his class and whatnot. He's a little up the road in Georgia. Uh, talking about a Florida kid at running back, Sean Simeon was back in this weekend from Naples, Florida. Again, another kid FSU was very early on. I believe that offer came off of a camp visit, if I recall correctly. Uh, he's been involved with Yak. Coach Norvell was down to see him this past week before he came to Tallahassee. He's somebody they were excited to get up, learned he was coming up this past weekend during the prior weekend. Um, did you guys chat with Sean, right? I think Clay caught up with him. Do you recall yeah, what Clay talked did. about? Yeah, I, I honestly didn't even watch what he or see his interview on him. But, um, but yeah, he was on campus, and he seems to be a guy they have some some level of interest in for sure. Okay, we'll make, Clay, we'll make Clay publish it tonight so everybody can read it so we can learn. Yeah. It. But, <laughs> but I know from talking to Sean a little bit, FSU being early has lasting power with him. I think he's up to about a half dozen offers now. I think FSU was second or third in that count, and he likes him. And he's your normal kind of really speedy back. They, they look for a lot of different things at running back, but they'll also look for guys that are really, really good at certain things. I think in his case, it's a speed situation. Uh, wide receiver, there were several uh, – Quincy Porter from New Jersey, one of the top 100 kids in the country. Derek Smith, talented kid from Alabama, was in. Who else? Uh, Ephraim White, EJ White, FSU commitment in the 2026 class. He was back on campus. Edward Coleman, who also goes by Debo, I believe, in addition to Edward. He was in. He's a Peach State kid from the Savannah area. Forgetting anyone? I don't think so. I think those are the big names. Who was the best of that bunch? All right, Quincy Porter's the biggest name of note there. EJ White, you mentioned he's he's a commit for 2026. He's a really high end guy. I think he's in the top 50 for uh, the 2026 class. He, you know, I saw him pull up, got out of his car, and and uh, high school relations director of high school relations Ryan Barto basically. Um, yeah, Ryan Barto was there, and they hugged and clearly have a good relationship and that sort of thing. He seems like a guy who's really comfortable with his staff. But um, Quincy Porter is the most notable name of that group i think um he, this is his first visit he's coming from new jersey so a guy that's generally harder to get on campus and he has an offer from every top program across the country so he's a guy who's, who's really good to get on campus but he spoke highly of, of ron dugans and he's uh he spent plenty of time with alex atkins and mike norvell on the visit too he's a guy they seem to be really high on and kind of want to to stay in it for and he seems to be a guy that's high on their board as an out-of-state target but um you know he's i think he's really interesting because it's sort of to be determined how how realistic a target he is he might really like fsu and show up again as soon as he can or, or maybe he kind of drifts off as you know another early year 
top target at a position, you know. So he's he's a guy to to keep note of. But if he does um, get back on campus, then that that'd be really interesting because he is like a borderline five star player. And he checked out, I believe, both FSU and UF during his time in Florida over yep. the weekend. So he definitely feels like a kid in the exploratory phase of it. And we've seen that before, but sometimes that also develops into an Elijah Moore recruitment where they keep showing up. Uh, tight end, we talked about Elias Williams, O-line. Obviously, Solomon Thomas was a headliner. I don't really think there was another guy in the O-line group that's immediately worth mentioning, or should we talk about that, the CAI duo at all, the Clearwater Academy International kids? Uh, I don't know a ton on them. Actually, Clay took up like a special interest on those guys because, I mean, the CAI guys in general every year, it's always, I mean, it's international guys generally, but they're always really intriguing because they have crazy measurables and stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, are kind of the reason why they came to the States to pursue football because they were told they have some special ceiling due to these measurements a lot of the time or their athleticism, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, there was a couple, one guy, I forget his name. That's not good. I think it's was it or... Vito, Vito Shvenko, yes. I believe his name. Yes, and he's listed like two, like six seven, two eighty five, and he has crazy long arms and that sort of thing. Um, I didn't catch up with those guys, but but they could be names to know down the line potentially. Clay definitely has an interest in them. So flipping to defense, Jacaela Falk was here, younger brother of Keldrick Falk. Uh, I think just from a PTSD standpoint, we might need to skip that one. But Caleb's an interesting case. FSU's had a lot of relationship with that kid. You know, they obviously dealt with him when they were recruiting his older brother, and they've recruited him as his own self, as his own recruit. He is committed to Auburn. I'm not going to sit here and try to get anybody's hopes up, but there's a relationship there we shall see. In this day and age of the transfer portal, you never know what happens with older brother and if it might influence younger brother. I think people should probably keep that in mind and see how it all plays out long term. Uh, I'm not going to make you talk about him, Dan. Give you a minute there. Uh, best D lineman here was probably what Trenton Wilson, who is from is he from Maryland? Maryland I know he Maryland, was at yeah. St. Francis back in the day. He's not at St. Francis now. I don't recall what school he's at, but FSU's recruited him since he was at St. Francis. Uh, you you caught up with um, Trenton Wilson, I believe it was you and one other member of the media that was there that was able to grab him. What did you take away from that interview? He's another national recruit that FSU is is trying to make a play for, and I think they had a good impression on him. He's um, I think Trent Wilson's biggest takeaway from the visit was he came away really impressed, seemingly with with Odo Hagen's and his resume. He mentioned when he was talking about things that are you know really important to him. He mentioned like the resume, the track record of of his you know future position coach as something that he's really looking at, and he also you know, unrelated, uh, spoke really highly about O'Hagan's resume. He's obviously it's, you know, very strong. He's put a lot of players in the NFL and he's been around for a long time and did it himself. So I, I, I laughed. Really I helped you transcribe that last evening when I got back to town, I, I was humored by the, uh, I forget the terminology of the question, but essentially what did you take away from what Odell told you? And he's like, that he wants me. He really, really wants yeah. me. And they want me, uh, just, just hearing a kid kind of be, you know, direct about it and i'm sure the staff was but yeah go ahead yeah he, he was pretty direct he was um i mean it was a good interview he, he was pretty articulate too and, and insightful but he's another guy that is pretty similar to porter where he's out of state this is i think his first visit here and and you just if he gets back on campus you really circle him as as a guy to look for because he's a very high-end prospect and he'd be a big time get but it's hard to 
to circle him as anyone that FSU is even in the, you know, top three, four, say, uh, yeah. until he gets back on campus again. The visit high had the feeling as though he wanted to say they were part of his top five, which he won't put out till later in the recruitment, probably before he takes the officials during the summer months. But then he also is talking about potentially going to, I believe, OU, uh, yeah. Texas A&M, I, I, Tennessee, I believe was mentioned. There were several other schools mentioned. So it definitely felt like a recruitment where, yeah, FSU made a good impression. But at the same time, there's a whole lot more to come. So you see if you have lasting power, you get them back here in town for other additional visits. And go ahead, Dave. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he mentioned that he wanted to take five official visits, most likely, and that FSU, I mean, he said FSU was likely to get one, but I, I don't know. I, the questions were pretty leading, so I'm not really sure if he's super genuine about that. And he does have plenty of other visits to top programs, so yeah, but, but he did seem to like FSU. Yeah, it's a lasting power situation. Like, if he was setting his officials immediately off the FSU visit, yeah, feels pretty good, but it feels like that kid has a whole lot of recruiting to do between yeah. June and June. Yeah, he no. does intend to decide in July, and he's going to enroll in December. So he is a kid that kind of has a calendar already set. Yeah, and most kids will set up OVs, what, post-spring is what we usually see. Like yeah. that whole month is kind of when they do it. So, um, yeah, I mean, fortunately, it's going to continue to have to work there. Um, but I think I think you guys are right, like grouping up like Porter and Wilson, kind of the same category, those out-of-state kids that you know, are not in the immediate region of, of you know, Florida or Georgia or, you know, surrounding states like that. You want to see him get a, probably get back on campus maybe one more time in the spring before you consider him a, a realistic target. Best linebacker in the building was a, and I don't know if he's going to be a linebacker long term, but Tyler Atkinson, 2026 kid from Loganville Grayson, may very likely end up being an edge. Probably will actually be an edge. Uh, I feel like FSU has dealt with sent, with him now for three years, and he still has two years of high school left. So. <laughs> But he's one of those dudes. He's been on the map for a real, real long time. I think that's actually one that might date back to when a former member now of the Georgia Tech support staff worked at FSU because I think he knew Atkinson from when he was really young. So that's why FSU got in the door so early there. Uh, did you catch up with Tyler? I, I don't. I did. Know. You did. What, yeah, what did? Yeah. Tyler's great. Like he's mm-hmm. he's he's better talker than half the college kids we deal with. So. Uh, what did you take away from talking to Tyler and just where does FSU kind of sit with him at this point in the sense of him building long-term relationships with some schools? He, he, he said he has a, a really good relationship with like a handful of guys on the staff. He couldn't even name them all. It's that sort of thing because they have known him for forever. And and something about FSU staff is, you know, the continuity it has. So the same guys that have been talking to him and, and offered him like two years ago or almost all still on staff. Um, and that I think has helped in this, in this recruitment, but he's a guy who, I mean, I think Georgia offered even earlier than FSU, like it's, he has been a national recruit for a very long time. So it's hard to even say FSU got in, especially early. Um, but I do think FSU probably is in his top group uh, among those teams nationally, um, especially because he's been on campus so many times, but he mentioned how, how every time he visits the, the relationships get stronger and it's a better visit than the last. And he said all the things you want to hear, but like you said, he's, he's a, a very good talker and, and that's what, that's what he's doing. Laganza Hayward, I believe is the only offer that was extended on today to our knowledge. Is that correct? Well, I think so. Of guys that were on the visit. Yeah. And quick buyer Sinone brought to you by the Turner group. Uh, Colin, Becky, the whole bunch there. I had to drop a Becky reference. Fire Sinone, you're ready to drop a crystal ball on anybody off of this junior day visit. 
similar to Zach dropping, I believe it was two off of the first. Uh, I don't think so. Not even your boy Hayward. <laughs> Emotionally, um, I feel like Dane wants to put a Laganza Hayward in there. He wants to will it. He yeah, wants I guess, to make it happen. Yeah, for, I mean, it, I think FSU probably leads for him today, right, right Dane? Yeah, but like, I, I, kinda, I think FSU is trying to still figure out kind of where their DB board's going to – or what it's yeah. going to look like because they have taken a lot of DBs over the last two cycles. Mm -hmm. I do not think they're looking to fill up a bunch at that position. So it might be a little bit more selective this year. Has he ever been to Georgia? Uh, he hasn't. I don't think yeah. Georgia's a team standing out for him right now. They're not a – I don't think they've they offered. offered. I don't, I think, don't so. think they've he's, offered, but I believe they were by the same week FSU went by. Okay. He's relatively unknown, but he mentioned but, like Tennessee awesome. and, and some some solid – I think North Carolina, South Carolina, some some solid Power 5 programs as as teams that are – you know, he's really listening to and seriously considering. He visited North Carolina last um, last year, like for – or yeah, for an in-season game. I read a like I read an article that um, from our UNC site, and he's like, "I think I'm going to commit here." So he's he almost did seem very candid on the phone. Yeah, so I'm he, sorry? I mean, he might get almost the, green to it all. Yes, probably. definitely. He was he again starstruck, and that's not something those you know top guys who are really used to the recruiting experience they don't feel that or they don't you know give the impression that they do. But he was very excited to be at FSU. He was. Dane was very excited. He was at FSU. <laughs> sure, <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he's uh, talk about like impressionable guys. Maybe not even in a bad way, but guys especially that are inexperienced in this recruiting thing. And he, you know, FSU left a very strong impression on him. All right, so wrapping it up, one more junior day before things shut down for most of February. That junior day will be on Saturday. Kids can actually come in through Sunday. Staff cannot be on the road beyond Saturday. And then things shut down as of Monday of next week for about a month. Um, do we think this upcoming junior day, by and own, do we think this upcoming junior day will be the best of the three? Uh, Talent-wise. Sonone, I think. Awesome. I think probably the first one was. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the first one probably will be. We'll see kind of we, – we're still working on um, confirming yeah. names for this weekend. Um, so it could be. But as of right now, I think, um, you know, based on who we're currently expecting in, I think the first one just top to bottom had more talent. And guys that, you know, I think Florida State's – or some of Florida State's top targets were at, were at that first one. I do like that they've been more centrally focused. Like, it, we're not dealing with 100 kids rolling through. We're dealing with a couple yeah. dozen. And in most cases, it's about half of the group that they really, really like. So, we yeah, there's not a lot of guys. 24 kids they really, really liked. Yeah. And some and really, I, really good high-end kids. I know for us it's annoying to like deal with like you know guys that they're we know that Florida State's not going to recruit right like they have right. on campus, uh, but I think for the most part, right, Dane, like most of the guys that are rolling through the building are guys that Florida State's either in on or might be in on in the future. Like they're not a lot of guys that are you know don't belong at you know at Florida State that are just rolling through the door now. Yeah, some of it's yeah. building relationships and some of it's community yeah, service. That's important. Good day. Yeah. It's almost telling when you do see a guy show up that you don't really know anything about because that kind of implies that FSU has at least some level of interest and you should familiarize yourself with him with them. Also, some of it sometimes goes towards PWO program at, at this sure. point currently with this staff. We've kind of learned that some kids we see in the spring or come to game visits who are lesser on our list end up being guys that become PWO types for them. Willie Saras, who recently committed from Tampa, is one of those. Um, cool. Anything else to add? Are we good here? Um, no, I mean, 
we'll have a live coverage of the weekend like usual. Um, I'll be up in Tallahassee finally to help the boys out on Saturday. Um, you know, stay tuned to Knowles 247 because we're going to be working on confirming some big names for this weekend. Yeah, and newcomer interviews start with guys that just enrolled here. We'll get eight of them this week, four on Tuesday, four on Thursday. Those are always over the next couple of weeks. Some of those really hit. Some of them are guys that, yeah, it's all new to them. So um, we'll have that. Beyond that, yeah, it's kind of a slower part of your hoops is battling top four in the ACC. Baseball's about to get going. Tune in for Brett's coverage of that. Softball is about to hit the diamond. Me and Brett will have plenty on that. Uh, I think that's about everything. Women's basketball, obviously, also going. And men's and women's tennis, so on and so forth. But, uh, all right. So, for Zach, for Dane, for myself, for Chattanooga Whiskey, for the Turner Group, thanks for listening to On the Bench. And we will talk to you again, I'm sure, in the coming days.